everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast. With me, Joe Henderson, Tom Jackson. And we, guys, we got um, we a you? lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, how about early voting? A million people in the state of Florida have cast their ballots already. I'm surprised that CNN and MSNBC hasn't already called the election. Well, they're uh, voting, but the, 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 they're they're voting. They're voting, but they haven't. They have not uh, opened any of those ballots yet. That's all. All they really know for for some reason they know um, who's sending ballots, and that, that seems like a, a good a good thing to know. And they know what party they're affiliated with, so they can release that. But as far as counting votes, they're not doing that yet. Now. Um, Joe has Joe has invited me to do my rant, and so I will. I am a, a an election day purist. I love election day. If it were up to me, that's the only day that we would vote. We would, and and I would I would adhere to the rules set down and followed by such uh, great liberal states as uh, as New York, where they don't do uh, early voting, and they also. Don't give you no excuse um, absentee balloting. You've got to say you are, you're going to be in surgery or or out of the country or something like that to get an absentee ballot in New York. Um, same thing as in Virginia and also Michigan. There are these days now 12 states that do not have any form of early voting or uh, excuse no excuse um that are no excuse uh, absentee balloting, and I I love that. I'm a big fan of that. I know I know that it's a tsunami, and and eventually everybody is probably going to have early voting, and you can sign up and get a ballot and, and mail it in a month before election day. I know that I am a an old fashioned fuddy duddy, probably close to being a Neanderthal luddite on all of this, but I love election day and I don't vote until election day. And I'll tell you why Uh, too many things break late in almost every campaign to be confident that you are, that you are casting a fully informed vote. If if you go before election day, I mean, uh, Ross Perot had his meltdown in 1996 within a week of, uh, of election day. Uh, the, the the story about George W. Bush's DUI broke the weekend of before Election Day out in California when um, when Schwarzenegger was running for election. The the story of all the women he groped uh, broke just before Election Day. There's there's too much to learn about what's going on with an election within the last. 72, 48 hours of election day for me to trust knowing that I know who I want to vote for before all that stuff comes in. So, yeah, uh, you guys do what you want, but I think we'd be better off not voting early. I have some thoughts about how to accommodate people who think that they need extra time to get to the uh, to get to the precincts. But uh, if it was up to me, no, we wouldn't be taking votes right now. We'd be watching the campaigns and seeing what else is going to unfold. So there. Joe, I sent do you my want ballot to in the other day. Oh. I, I sent my ballot in by mail the other day. Um, I am a vote by mail convert. Um, 
first off, let me just say that uh, there is absolutely nothing that I have seen uh, or could see that would uh, interest me, make me think, give me a moment of pause uh, and consider voting for Donald Trump. I, you know, I'm, uh, it's just not going to happen. And, but beyond that, these, this quaint notion that we've all got to come together in, in the village square on election day and all step into the booth and cast our ballots. Uh, that was, I've done that. Okay. I've, I've done my duty. I, I vote. I am a serial voter. I vote in, in, you know, elections that I don't even care who wins, but I vote. And I don't get what this, what this yearning for another time is from the uh, people who want to restrict it to just one day, doggone it. And uh, it doesn't, uh, forgive me for saying this, Tom, but it does not fit the modern lifestyle. It just doesn't. And so, uh, especially in a presidential election where we assume that it's going to be a large, extra large turnout, what you are encouraging are lines out the door, down the corner, where people will drive up, take a look and go, nah, and, and go home. And so I would rather do what I do, which is sit down with my mail ballot and thoughtfully uh, go over each, uh, each choice I'm expected to make. I'll do, I, I sit here and do reviews online to make sure that I'm not missing something. And then I mark my ballot and send it in. And uh, I've got my I voted sticker already. You do it your way. I'll do it mine. But don't try to stop me from doing it my way. Actually, for the I'm, past. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. I'm, 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 I, I, I concede. I readily concede that I have a quaint notion of what an election ought to look like. Uh, but what you're suggesting is that turnout goes up because of, of early voting and it doesn't the turnout goes up because of mail-in ballots and it the studies say it doesn't um what i'm saying is you take the money that you're spending on on and i'm i'm not even going to get into a big fight about mailing mailing ballots because more states are going to that and if it works for them well I, okay that's i i guess i can concede a little bit of that but the idea that early voting gets people to the polls who otherwise would not go to the polls is not supported by, by the studies that have been done. The evidence is that we had just as big a turnout before early voting happened that, than we have had since then. And there, there are lots of theories why. Uh, part of it is that there's no longer that wave of emotion that grabs people on election day and says, I got to go. I got to get out there and vote um, because it's been it's been diluted by all those early voting days before, and and people don't feel for some reason the same urge on election day that they did before early voting took place. Now, my my solution to that is is several fold. One is you make you make election day a federal holiday, 
you make it 24 hours. Everybody starts at the same time. Everybody ends at the same time. Maybe 7 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, 4 o'clock in, uh, in the morning on the West Coast, 1 o'clock in the morning in, uh, in, uh, in Hawaii and Alaska, and everybody ends at the same time. So you don't get these – you don't get rolling, uh, you don't get rolling uh, uh, exit polls coming out. And then you and then you take the money that you have been spending on uh, on early voting and you roll that into extra extra precincts so you don't have the long lines that you did. You also do super precincts in in uh, in, in employment locations and in shopping locations so that if you come so that when you leave work that you can go straight to a poll. We've got the technology to do that. You don't have to go home. You don't have to stop in at the at the precinct on the way to work. So there are ways to make this work. I I I I, I while I say that while fully agreeing that my way of doing things is is quaint and antiquated, and we're never going to go back to it. But I'm just I'm just saying. As for me, I want to comp- I want to cast a fully informed ballot. I want to know all that is knowable, and the only way you can do that is to wait until election day. I would I would add. Just this little footnote uh, to you, Tom, and and, uh, and I'll concede that you are not alone in your feeling. There are people who read, readily agree with you, and fine. There is nothing stopping you or anyone else from casting your ballot on Election Day, if that's what you choose. But I thought, and you are a card-carrying Republican, let's, let's just be clear, I thought the Republican Party was about freedom and why you would care when I cast my ballot, as long as it is within the rules, is beyond me. Cast your ballot when you feel like it, but don't try to tell all the other people that, oh, somehow we're not you know, as informed or we're not as um, whatever. Uh, as somebody who chooses uh, to do it uh, on election day. Uh, I think I'm in favor of making voting as easy as possible. Uh, And I think uh, that is the best way to ensure that all sides are represented. And as we know here in the state of Florida, Tom, um, there have been movements, uh, multiple movements uh, in the last few years to make it more difficult for particularly minorities to vote. Maybe that's why I feel the way I do, um, because every time that uh, the legislature or the governor moves to make it tougher to vote, I want to make it easier. So you vote on Election Day. I'm already in. Uh, we'll shake hands when it's done. And, uh, you know, as you say, I, I respect your view, but you are uh, you're swimming, trying to swim up a waterfall here, because uh, this is where it's headed. I don't think it'll be that long before you can vote on your home computer, once they can prove that it's hack-proof. And uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, that day will come. And we'll see a lot of uh, Moscow, um, you know, precincts coming in early in our in our votes whenever we, we do online voting anytime soon if if we don't get our uh uh our computer situations uh put well, together that, that, that's a rant for another day but uh... indeed it is um, but i mean i i've uh because i've traveled 
so much. I've been a uh, uh, an absentee ballot voter for probably seven years now. So, uh, I mean, it's not like I don't like going to the polling place. It's just that sometimes I'm not there the day that they vote, and that would be bad. So I don't want to not vote. So absentee for me here on the Politically Incorrect podcast. Speaking of things that are interesting, um, how about polling? Have you has any have either of you guys ever had uh, been part of any any type of presidential poll? Anybody call you? Anybody walk up to you and ask you? I mean, any kind of polling at all? Well, I get I, I'm registered independent and or no party affiliation, as we call it in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I found out. Um, much to my chagrin, that that makes me a prime target for phone calls. Um, the uh, I've gotten several today. Uh, I've learned to either uh, recognize the uh, caller ID and I don't answer, or if by chance I do answer and somebody identifies themselves as a pollster, I I hang up. I'm polite about it, but I, I'm. As a member of the media, you can't really, and that was ingrained in me as a newspaper guy, you cannot uh, take part in these polls. So the the answer to that would be no. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for Tom, but I'm sure he, he's had similar experiences. Yeah, um, well, I, I am registered with the party, and I guess that's one of the reasons that I don't get a whole lot of calls. I've also eliminated, eliminated my... Uh, my landline. So I'm, I'm living like a millennial with just a cell phone. And, uh, I have, I I can't recall ever having been part of a, uh, uh, of a poll except when a candidate's, uh, uh, campaign calls and, and attempts to do push polling on me. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but as far as, um, uh, as far as one of the media polls, I have never been asked to participate in one of those. It seems that polling is um, taking hold here in the state of Florida with some really interesting things happening. Uh, we'll start, Tom. You were brought up some uh, some interesting uh, information on uh, the Charlie Crist race. Well, as as Republicans like to think of it, it it's the jo- it's the David Jolly <laughs> race. Um, Joe and I a couple of weeks ago. Joe and I talked about this, and we were absolutely on yeah. the same page. The the uh, the polling, the last real polling that was done in that race is congressional congressional district thirteen in Pinellas County. It's been part. It's been redrawn, and it tilts Democrat. Uh, the last we saw, it was a runaway for Charlie Crist, but mm-hmm. recent polling shows that it's about a three point race, and. Um, David Jolly is running hard. He is he is doing stuff that most Republicans wouldn't dream of doing. But then again, David Jolly is is not most Republicans. I'm working on a piece for News Talk Florida that I think will publish tomorrow. David Jolly is running as uh, Jack Kemp, the, uh, the 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 great old Hall of I think it was a Hall of Fame quarterback for the Buffalo Bills who then got into mm-hmm. politics and was a was a Republican lion for a good long time. And he always carried the message of optimistic conservatism, targeted government uh, uh, activist bootstrapping in depressed 
neighborhoods and going to uh, inner cities. And and he said that that was that was the wave of the new Republican Party back in the late 1970s, early 1980s. He was a supply side guy, guy who really shaped Ronald Reagan's thinking uh, in the 19 in the run up to the 1980 election. Um, and and Jolly is running as that guy. He's running as sort of a hybrid Jack Kemp and Paul Ryan, in that he's going where no Republicans have gone before. He is going to Central and South St. Petersburg, which is extremely minority-laden uh, 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 and um, is also heavily, as you would expect, Democrat. Um, and yet he is finding that he is able, to, if, if he is persistent and delivers his message properly, he is able to find uh, people in those communities who are willing to listen to him and even perhaps to think about voting for him. And he's... I. I was on the phone with with Jolly not more than 45 minutes ago, and he's fired up. He thinks that there are votes to be harvested in Central and South St. Petersburg for a Republican, and uh, he's he's even vowed if he's if he's elected, if he if he wins his seat back, um, he has pledged to put a district office in Midtown, which is uh, very Democrat St. Petersburg which is where even Kathy Castor didn't have an office and, and Charlie Crist has never talked about doing that. So I think, I think it's an interesting race. If he wins, I, the, the Republicans doing their postmortem this time around um, when they are looking at what to do and what not to do uh, after the dumpster fire that is the Trump campaign, if they're looking for a Phoenix and Jolly wins, there's your guy. That's the way to run as a Republican in the future. Joe, you, um, you were looking at the, uh, that the Senate race between uh, Marco Rubio and Mr. Murphy, and that's tightened as well. Yeah. And there's, uh, that's, that's also interesting, um, because, um, Murphy has done, he's, he's had a barrage of TV ads lately, um, tying, uh, Rubio to Donald Trump including um, a soundbite from Rubio saying, you know, we must elect Donald Trump. We must make sure he gets elected. Um, and that may have had some impact. Hillary Clinton was endorsing him again today um, uh, during a speech in uh, Coconut Creek. And that's significant because the the uh, Democratic machinery, national uh, machinery, trying to win the Senate uh, back to Democrats, basically gave up in Florida uh, a couple of weeks ago and began to redirect money out of the state. They figured that Patrick Murphy uh, was was too far behind at that point to catch up. Um, polling data suggests that he's within two or three points right now, and you know, there there might be time for him to close that gap. The conventional wisdom still is that, that Rubio will win. Uh, but where, where uh, Murphy uh, may be resurrecting his political career at this point, even if he loses, because if he loses a close race, then that doesn't damage him that much. Uh, if he was headed for the blowout that it looked like he was, a couple of weeks ago, then he may have had to reassess his future at that point. So I would say it's a 
slightly bending in Rubio's favor, but uh, quite possibly a toss-up at this point. Tom, any uh, comments? I, I, I think, I mean, I was with, uh, Joe wrote a couple of weeks ago that when, when uh, Rubio said in the debate that that was that slammed the door on Patrick Murphy. I was right there with him. That that, that he was gonna that when Marco said, and by the way, I'm gonna serve all six years. Joe said it's over, and I said, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that was that was the one thing that seemed to be dogging Rubio, and he put it to rest. He said, no, I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing this for six years. And I guess both of us were victims of conventional wisdom. We don't know anything about how this race is going to turn out now. I mean, if if pledging to run six years is not enough to put Patrick Murphy away, who's frankly just a bad candidate with a with a made up resume, if he's still hanging in there, um, it, ha- it it's going to have a lot to do with get out the vote again. And on that front, wow, do Democrats have a have an advantage? Um, I, I I think that this is this is going to be one of those races that won't be decided until the panhandle reports um and it's and the panhandle will have to come in big for for rubio i just i think the x factor in this is you know there there are an awful lot of trump voters who are also saying and we're going to show those people who haven't supported our guy with with full lungs what we think of them they're they're already coming for it's it's I saw a hashtag the other day, um, hashtag uh, Ryan Cruz Rubio. We're gonna get him. Um, and if <laughs> if if Florida's Trump voters don't also mark the ballot for Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. uh, the junior senator from Florida could be in trouble. You know, and and I I heard something last night on one of the. Uh the squawk shows out there that, that actually um, shows you what a wacky year this is uh, in politics as if we didn't already know. Um, wacky. That's a, that's kind. Yeah, that's kind. Uh, <laughs> that is but, but it was the suggestion that Hillary Clinton might actually prefer it if the Republicans kept control of the Senate by maybe a, a seat or two, because she, it's it's like she could work with them, but otherwise she would get twisted and pulled to the far left by Elizabeth Warren and 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 that crowd, and would mm-hmm. find the uh, the the Bernie senators out there, the the, the far left wing of the uh, Democratic Party, to be much crankier than the Republicans would be. And if that wouldn't be the cherry on top for this election. I don't know what would be that that's that's crazy, but that's where we are. And but it does look um, at this point like the uh, the Democrats are going to take control of the Senate. The the Cook political report, which is, um, you know, a uh, unaffiliated uh, uh, outfit that right. it's a bell kind of, thing. Yeah. Judges elections and stuff has the. Um, Democrats picking up as many as seven Senate seats. Um, two years from now, they'll probably lose it all back because I think 24 Democratic senators are up for election and what, Tom, five or six Republicans. Uh, so it'll, it may swing back at that point. But that'll give, um, that'll give control of the Senate, at least in the short term, to Democrats. And 
uh, let's see what they do with it. Time to step aside here on the Politically Incorrect podcast, which you're listening to on NewstalkFlorida.com and Blog Talk Radio. We shall return after these messages. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect podcast. I'm Jim Williams, of course, with Tom Jackson and Joe Henderson. And guys, um, got an opportunity yesterday to watch the debut on uh, on Donald Trump's uh, Facebook page of what, in essence, is the new Trump TV. It launched in the first uh, primetime opportunity we got to see was uh, the Tampa uh, rally that uh, that he had yesterday, uh, you know, in front of about 20,000 people. It's pretty impressive stuff. There's no question that Trump is getting wildly enthusiastic uh, turnouts. I mean, that is that is stipulated. Um, they uh, it was a, uh, an outdoor facility here called the um, Mid Mid Florida Amphitheater, and there were in excess of fifteen thousand people there, and there would have been a lot more, but the uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff's had to finally say no you know, to at least a thousand people that they couldn't come in, that it was that it was already uh, at capacity. Um, it it is a it is a weird thing to see this level of support, uh, and and I would call it wide-eyed support for Trump, and then to see the polls which basically keep going, he doesn't have a chance. I, I get it in the sense that if you're a believer in Trump and you go to one of his rallies, you're going to walk away from saying, you know, if we don't win, the fix is in because look at all these people and they love Donald Trump. I don't think Mitt Romney got that kind of support toward the end. Uh, I know John McCain didn't. And Trump has has started something here. Um, I don't still don't think he's going to win. Uh, I, I believe in numbers and the numbers are lining up strongly against him, but doggone it. There's a lot of people that just really believe in him and I'm not ashamed to admit, I don't get it, but you know, uh, there it is. So Tom. Well, um, just to amend the record a little bit um, in, uh, in 2012, about a week before Election Day, Mitt Romney showed up to a crowd of about 15 to 17,000 in Landa Lakes at the at Landa Lakes High School, their football field there, and he was he was he was doing that across the state of Florida, um, and and so based on based on crowds alone and enthusiasm. Among those crowds, I didn't think Florida was going to come down to a point or two. I thought that it was going to go to Romney, and it was not even going to be close. Uh, but we have we, we we see the evidence that uh, big crowds do not necessarily try uh, translate into uh, winning the state uh, because uh, Romney, for all of the vocal support that he got, uh, still wound up losing by several thousand, and it was not close enough for a recount. So. I, I've seen the I've seen the phenomenon before, and so I, I I but I agree, Joe, that 
that he's latched on to something. I'm not sure what that something is. I wish I wish the man were running on actual issues instead of personality and cult-like appeals to people who feel like they have been left out. Um, a lot of them have been left out simply because they haven't been, haven't been willing to, to participate in the process of, of getting people elected who share their points of view. Uh, so, but, but you're right. I mean, he has latched onto something and that something might not be going away, uh, on November the 9th, assuming he, he loses the way the polls suggest that he's going to, uh, I, uh, this is, um, America's about to be a, a different place. I think. Let me ask you guys a quick question in this regard. Do you think that there are poll liars? Do you think that there are people who are going to go out and, you know, they say, they're not voting for him, but the but they are. That this is going to be a lot closer than people uh, may think. I think that that's I think a it might be the other way. I think it it might go the other way. I think there might be Republicans who say, "I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton," and who will, you know, who will go in there, and who will look at that at the two choices and go, "I I just can't do it." Um, now, there are more and more people, you know, Colin Powell now has come out and said he will vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, so, you know, oh, there soccer. is. Yeah, I know. But, you know, hey, he's a Republican. And the, um, yeah, what, in name only, when's the last time he voted for a Republican? I think that would probably be 2004, if then. Well, if if he got done, if you got done wrong like he got done wrong, you'd probably be sour, too. Um, you know, but that's, that's another, uh, you won't be giving her internet advice. Yes. Um, but no, it's, it's, I don't, there might be some of that, Jim, some of the outlier stuff, some of the, you know, the flip floppers or whatever, but my sense is it would come down more on the side of Republicans who don't want to be publicly disloyal to their party, but don't want that guy to be elected because he's already done enough damage to their brand. And they sure don't want to see what happens if he gets in office. What do you think, Tom? Anybody, any Republican who is at this point, even considering Donald Trump would never ever cast a vote for Hillary Clinton. They might back off and vote for, uh, vote for the libertarian in, in Florida. They might write in Evan McMullen. Um, I, 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 but yeah, I, I, yes, I think that the Trump vote is across all the polls probably underreported somewhat. Uh, it, it might be a point, it might be a point and a fraction, it might be a fraction of a point, but I think that it's underreported. I don't think that it's underreported to such an extent that it will make a difference. In, in the national result, and I don't think that it will make a whole lot of a difference in the, the, uh, the battleground states that are close. If, if Hillary goes into Election Day or this let, – let's say if she goes into Election Day with a two-point lead um, in the battleground states, then she will win pretty handily, I think. The only reason I say it is because I've you – know, couple of gentlemen that I know very well who are highly regarded um, people in the community here in the Washington area and uh, talking to them and they uh, 
they were very, you know, these are white collar, they're highly educated people, and they are very strongly behind Donald Trump. And um, I was a little surprised, not because, you know, certainly they're, they're, they're loyal Republicans, but I was surprised that they came, they basically gave me their rationale for, for doing it. And it wasn't because they hate, you know, obviously they don't like Hillary Clinton, but the point was they were making an, uh, a very, you know, passionate plea as to why they were voting for Donald Trump. They were not crazy people. They were people who were thoughtful people who, uh, who I often uh, consider, you know, far more knowledgeable on subjects than I. And, uh, and they, you know, they would be considered elite, uh, but they had no problem saying that they were backing Donald Trump and and had no issue telling me why. And uh, so that's why I thought that, in some regards, that the polls might, uh, you know, might have some some lying people in there. And you guys both think, in Joe's case, you think it's going to go one way, and Tom, you think it might just be a smaller portion of uh, of a point or less than. So. Well, uh, and and I'd like to go back to a, to a point that um, Tom made and follow up a little bit on it um, about the the movement that's starting out in this country, it, and it's whether whether you, whether Trump wins or not, he's going to have you know fifty sixty million people choose him to be president. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if I'm Hillary Clinton going into office, knowing that the most divisive, ill-prepared presidential candidate in history could get that kind of support, uh, I understand I don't have a mandate, and I got, I got some work to do. And it starts with trying you know, to reach across the aisle uh, Paul Ryan's going to have his own difficulties, but uh, you've got to make peace with the House somehow. And if nothing else, it's going to take a bipartisan effort going forward uh, to address all the, uh, the the slings and arrows that are going to be flying about the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we, we we've seen that the uh, the premiums are, are spiking dramatically, and and the the Obama White House is trying to put a happy face on that. So, well, we anticipated this and all this, but try explaining that to, you know, people out here in a in what we all concede is not a robust economy, and now you get hit with with these higher healthcare costs. So, you got to fix it. But the days of the Republicans standing, you know, with their arms folded and go, no, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to blame you for it. You need somebody in the White House that can, that has a skill that President Obama has not exhibited, which is the ability to, to say, okay, uh, Speaker Ryan or whoever the speaker is, how can we make this work? How can we make you happy and us happy? But more importantly, what, how can we do right by the American people? That's our number one challenge, because there's going to be about 50, 60 million people who are convinced that we are are sending the devil to the White House. She's got to prove him otherwise. Well, we'll see, and uh, <laughs> we'll have that opportunity. 
in uh, in a very very short two weeks or so. So we'll figure out two weeks how from it's today. Going. Two Yay. weeks from today. So Tom will get out and he'll vote. We've already voted, but we want everyone to vote, no matter how you can get there. Please go. Please vote. So, Tom, Tom uh, can do. If, if, can do. If, if you're not informed, don't vote. If you're not, well, if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're probably some, some yeah. somebody. Well, I don't know that you're informed because of what we tell you, but you you are probably somebody who cares about casting an informed ballot. So yes, you guys who are listening to us, you gals who are listening to us, y'all vote. Absolutely, right. uh, I I will stand by that 100. percent but it, um, uh, Tom, it's, now, it's not where I, it's not where I stand ordinarily. Tom, I just <laughs> want to know. I just want to know one thing. Now, are you yeah. going to be uh, for our podcast that day? Are you going to be calling in from where you're standing in line at the uh, polling place? If it comes to that, of course. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That's that's dedication. That's my my po- my polling place is full of efficiency, and so I am sure that I will. Breeze in and breeze out in no time whatsoever. Well, there you go. Good on you. All right, guys. Time for last call in social media, so so we can know how to get in touch with you, but also last call. Um, what are you looking for this week, Joe Henderson? As we go, uh, as we cruise down to uh, election day, as we just said, about two weeks from from when we record this. Well, uh, we kind of we kind of. Uh brought this up during the podcast, but um, I'm going to be paying very, very close attention to uh, the Senate race. And Tom is correct. I'm uh, guilty as charged. I called it uh, for Rubio uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's still a debate left between those two, uh, Rubio and Patrick Murphy. So I'm going to be watching that very closely in the, uh, the uh, Charlie, Chris, David Jolly race. And, um, for the record, uh, I like David Jolly. I think he's a a different kind of politician. I like what he's done. So I'm going to keep my eye on those two and, and uh, as always, uh, continue to be entertained by Mr. Trump. So you can reach me on social media, if you are so inclined, at uh, on Facebook at uh, Joe Henderson Commentary Columns and Such, or if you... Uh, Want to go to Twitter? You can find me at J Henderson Tampa T A M P A, and I will respond. Tom, we have had enough mentions of the of the Sunshine Boys podcast that I can say this without hesitation. <laughs> I am my attention my attention is going to be on the World Series. I am I am a longtime Cardinals fan since Stan Musial's days, oh and gosh. I tell you what, and and and. And Cardinals fans do not we, – we, the Cubs are – well, the Cubs are to Cardinals like the Bulldogs are to to the Gators. And, by the way, go Gators on Saturday. Um, but when, when the Cubs turned that double play the other night to win the National League pennant, my heart just swelled for those guys, for that franchise – for that city, I think is I think the World Series has an opportunity to remind us of what is good and enduring and noble about about America. Uh, that we're going to turn our attention to these two Rust Belt cities that are going to be battling out for the for the World Series championship, and I am going to be enraptured no matter what happens. Uh, 
so that starts that as as we are recording that that starts tonight and uh, i am looking forward to be in looking forward to being entirely distracted from politics um that have consumed us too Hopefully much lately. for seven games yes darn right we need seven games so who who you got who you got tom who do I who am I rooting for? Who do I think I'm no. gonna, is gonna I'm, I'm gonna win. The, I you know what? I think I think the Cubs are Destiny's darlings. I this is one place where my sentiment matches up with who I think is gonna win. Uh I think it's gonna be I think it's the Cubs year. Well, uh, as I said on the Sunshine Boys podcast that Jim referenced, um the uh the Indians remind me a whole lot of a basketball team coached by Jim Valvano, and the Cubs remind me of of Phi Slamma Jamma. And uh, everybody's on the Cubs bandwagon. And you know what? We all uh, here in Tampa, we certainly uh, have rooting interests with uh, Joe Madden and and Ben Zobrist and and Dave Martinez, the bench coach. But there's there's something about those Cleveland Indians, the way they're just knocking off very very good teams along the way so i'm i'm um i'm going to be in uh, enthralled with it too but i think uh this is uh destiny denied for the cubs i'm i'm making i'm calling the tribe oh painful painful by the way social media for tom uh tom jackson journalist journalist entrepreneur on facebook my twitter handle would be at thomas jacks Tampa, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-A-X, Tampa. You had me worried for a minute. I thought you were going third person on us. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but we know better than that. You're a down-to-earth guy who has to vote on on the polling place on Election Day. So you As can't God go, intended. You can't, go, you, God can't intended. Go, you can't go third person. So clearly that's it. So anyway, well, we hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast, for those who uh, were confused well by my lack of sleep. Um, I'm Jim Williams, your host. You can get me at NTFLA underscore politics. That's NTFLA underscore politics. Or visit our lovely Facebook page. And by all means, you can read all of our work at NewstalkFlorida.com. Until next time. Enjoy yourselves and enjoy the World Series. It should be a lot of fun. Take care now. Bye-bye.